Welcome to Bible Studies for Life, adult podcast. I'm Lynn Pryor, and with me is Chris Johnson, my ever-faithful co-host. Chris, I hope you're having a good day today. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood, Lynn. Great to see you. <laughs> well, thank you, Mr. Rogers. And joining us is uh, Andrew Hudson. Andrew, thanks for taking the time to meet with us. Absolutely. I didn't get the ever faithful tagline. It makes me a little bit sad, but you know, well, it'll be all right. I, I, I'm getting there because what I want to point out to, uh, if you're not familiar with Andrew, Andrew is our ever faithful brand oh, okay. manager for there Bible Studies for Life. It is. Uh, but Andrew has a key role, not just with adult uh, resources, but with our kids, uh, with our students, and really helping to churches to understand who we are, uh, what we offer us for Bible study. So, Andrew, thank you for that key role you play. Absolutely. It's fun. It's a fun little job I get to do. Awesome. Awesome. So today we're in the toward the end of our study, Walking in Confidence, where we're looking at experiences in the life of Abraham. And uh, so we're going to look at uh, an episode in his life where he, he hasn't come off so great. Um, so <laughs> yeah. um, the icebreaker question for uh, all of our lines is is the same. And it is when have you seen failure lead to something positive? So uh, before we got started, I asked you guys to think about that. And uh, if you if you if something just came to mind of uh, something historical or uh, a personal experience that you had. So I'm going to toss it to you guys and I'll close that out before we jump into the study of the uh, Bible study. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I fail all the time, guys. Like that, <laughs> that is something that I enjoy doing. Uh, you <laughs> You're know, good at it, huh? I've gotten a lot of experience at failure. Um, it, I think that if you're trying to do something new, uh, you're going to fail a lot at it. Um, or if you're going to do anything of note, you're going to hit some roadblocks from time to time. And so how do you work through those? How do you have the grit to push through your failures? Um, you know, I think back to uh, my college days whenever I thought I was going to be musician for the rest of my life. And I was absolutely terrified to sing into a microphone. I hate my own voice. Uh, and, and even to this day, I, I know I don't really enjoy it. But the, one of my best friends in college said, why would you walk through life without a godly confidence? And I just, it, it took me back. And I, I, I wrestled with that for a really long time. Like, what is this godly confidence that I can walk into any situation and know that it's it's not for my own glory that I'm doing these things. And so my, my buddy uh, helped teach me that and helped me walk through uh, doing a whole lot of music for for the early part of my my adult life. And so, yeah, I, I attribute godly confidence walking into some failures and that it makes it a lot easier. We, and I'm glad you said that. And I hope that these are the kind of conversations that we have in our Bible study groups this week. Uh, when I was probably a teenager, um, I started hearing my dad say some things that just caught my attention. And one of the things that he would say is we'd be in a conversation and he'd say, well, you know, I'm wrong about half the time. And I, I don't know why, but that just gave me permission to be wrong. That's right. It, it was a very healthy thing. And then, you know, it caused us to have a lot of conversations. You know, if 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 a baseball player is hitting in the 300s, he's doing great. Hall of Fame. 
<laughs> so uh, that just is a, a, a that changes your perspective. That's there right. are a lot of people who go through life that think I have to always be right. I can never make a mistake. And um, I, I think they don't do a lot of things because of that. Well, when I think about this question, when, when is failure led to something positive? Uh, on Saturdays, I like to do woodworking, build furniture. Um, I'm working on this massive nine foot desk for my wife right now. That, now that's a, that's a, a testimony of love right there. But as I've got into this, you know, when I make a mistake, you know, and I have to kind of back up, start over on some sections of it, yet it's in the process of making that mistake. I've learned, ooh, next time I do this, I'll do it better uh, because I learn, you learn from your mistakes. Learn from mistakes. That's right. Uh, and I always think too of uh, Paul 13. Uh, of course, most people are familiar with the movie, uh, but I grew up in, I grew up close to NASA, uh, their Johnson Space Center. And so even as a kid, when that happened, Paul 13, I was glued to the TV. Just uh, that all just captivated me. And one of the comments they made at the conclusion of Apollo 13 after it successfully landed, they said, we've acknowledged this is a successful failure. In other words, it did go as planned, but they got back, you know, so it was successful. Uh, and so as we get into this study talking about confidence, when we fail, we're going to see that we're, the focus is not so much on our failures, uh, although I think there's some value in us talking about that, as Andrew pointed out. But the point of our study is when we fail, let's trust God to redeem those failures. You know, so I appreciate you saying that. And the Bible is really uh, unique in from a spirit, from a uh, religion perspective, because it highlights and talks about the failures of leaders, the father of of uh, our of the of the Jewish people is Abraham, and he had failures. David was the greatest king of Israel; he had failures. Solomon uh, ruled during the golden age of uh, of Israel's history; he failed. So it's it's really interesting that that the Bible. Uh, makes that a part of uh, of the sacred text that we have these opportunities to learn from the mistakes of others. Right. So w- let's do that and let's learn from from Abram with this one. We're going to be in Gen- uh, Genesis 16 for this particular study, uh, and this is the account where we come into it. Uh, God obviously is, of course, has uh, promised Abram he's going to have a son, and out of out of this son, there's going to become a great nation. Well, that promise came. And nothing's happened and nothing's happened. So when we come to Genesis 16, Abram's wife, Sarai, comes up with a brilliant idea. At least it's brilliant in her idea, in her mind. And even in their culture, she says the idea, this is what she says. This is verse two of chapter 16. Sarai said to Abram, since the Lord has prevented me from bearing children, go to my slave. Perhaps through her, I can build a family. And Abram agreed to what Sarah said. Then in verse five, Sarah said to Abram, you know, after now, now Hagar is uh, conceived, the slave is conceived, and now she's kind of got an attitude because she's having the child that Sarah couldn't. So Sarah said to Abram, you are responsible for my suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and when she saw that she was pregnant, I became contemptible to her, and may the Lord judge between me and you. Yeah, and I, I, the principle we see here is, folks, we don't need to take matters into our own hands. I'm glad you said it just that succinctly, <laughs> but it's it's really intriguing that uh, Sarah says, "I've got a plan. This is what we should do." 
And Abraham goes, okay, sure, whatever you say. And we'll talk about that more in a minute. And then when it when it doesn't go so well, you stupid man, <laughs> why did you do this? <laughs> oh, that sounds a little bit too much like my own household, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think that it, this will have some opportunities to create some interesting conversations. But uh, now I want to give Sarah, I don't want to work. Don't want to throw her completely under the bus because this was a cultural thing in, in their setting. Sure. Uh, and we look at, the, uh, in fact, uh, this is brought out. Travis brought this out in what he wrote in our personal study guides. Abram had said, God had said, Abram, he would be the father of a great nation, but he had not yet specified who the mother would be. And then there's this idea in their culture uh, of a, uh, a slave had a child, that child could be considered the, chi- uh, the, the child of the, the, the master. Uh, so Hagar could have a child and it could be considered Sarai's child. So in their culture, in their th- the way the culture thought, well, this, this made perfect sense. So we'll need, you'll need to talk about that in your classes because for a lot of people who are reading it for the first time, this is really scandalous. <laughs> it's like, what? What? Uh, so uh, that's a good point. Uh, uh, Lester Ryder also made the point that this would be comparable to a modern day surrogate, which I thought was a very uh, interesting way to talk about it, uh, to, to give us a framework of how to understand this. We were talking earlier about personality profiles. And uh, when I first started with uh, working at Lifeway, uh, one of my responsibilities was working with Jesus on leadership. And uh, it had a personality profile in it uh, following the DISC model. And Abraham was the example of the S in the DISC steadiness. Uh, but uh, Gene Wilkes was the author and he just, he really did a great job of saying, you know, here's, here's Abraham, father of our faith. And his wife says, this is what we're going to do. We're going to fix this thing. We're going to have a baby and we'll do it through Agard. He just says, okay. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you say honey and uh men can do that a lot and uh, uh sometimes we take matters into our own hands and it doesn't work out so well all right that's true so let's go on and let's see uh what god does with this and so we've we've looked at the section where abram uh had failed uh it, it got ahead of god that's a good, better way to say that good way to say it he got ahead of god but now let's look down at genesis 17 and to see how uh the lord responded when abram was 99 years old the lord appeared to him saying i am god almighty live in my presence and be blameless i will set up my covenant between me and you and i will multiply you greatly and then abram fell down fell face down and god spoke with him and there was this thing where God is just kind of bringing him right back to where he's supposed to be, reminding him of that promise and of the covenant and says, now with this, live in my presence, be blameless. So I think that it's intriguing. It, it, we have seen this same thing play out multiple times as we've looked at the life of Abraham. We've seen it in ch- chapter 12 when we started this, that God said, I'm going to make you a great, uh, make of you a great nation. I'm going to bless you through you. All the world will be blessed. Chapter 15, he comes back to say, hey, listen, I'm, I am with you and I'm going to do this. And Abraham says, you know, I got a lot of questions when and how. And, you know, it's 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 several years later. And and God just tells Abraham, step outside, look at the stars in the sky. If you can count them, uh, that's the number of your descendants. And then he 
a few now it's a few years later but it's chapter 17 and he says again i'm gonna i'm i am god almighty i'm gonna make of you a great nation so he, he keeps coming back to this and reminding abraham of i made a promise i made a covenant t- with you and i'm gonna keep my promise yeah god continues to be faithful in this yep. right um i always when i read scriptures like these i try to put myself in that scenario of can you imagine what it would be like for god to audibly come and speak to you and to uh to console you and to come along next to you and say hey what you tried there uh wrong but here let me i'm gonna just trust me i'm faithful to you just trust me um and so like that that word picture for me uh man it I'm super jealous of what he got to to walk through. Um, even in his own failures, I'm still super jealous. Uh, what are y'all's well, thoughts on that? Well, I, I like the way you describe that, Andrew. It's about the, the, the faithfulness of God with that. Uh, because, he, again, just keep trusting me. And we see where it said Abraham trusted God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Right. What right. God's doing in this situation is now Abram's now 99 years old. I mean, more time's passing and the more and more likely it's going to seem like from a human perspective, it's more and more impossible. But what does God say here? He says, I am God almighty. There's just that reminder. I am the one El Shaddai. I am the one who can do this. Godly uh, confidence right there. Like, why would you not? Why would you not trust that? Yeah. Uh, there's also that, again, uh, Lynn, you alluded to it as you was reading through this passage. God says to Abram, live in my presence. And uh, Andrew, we, we, we can't in the same way that Abraham, Abraham did, uh, having God speak audibly and, and say, this is a promise I've made, I'm going to do it. And, and yet God says to us, I'm going to always be with you. You right. can count on me. And um, so there is an element that uh, uh, we, we have some of the blessings uh, that come our way because we're descendants of the faith of Abraham. Yeah. And the beauty of, although we're not talking as Abraham did to God, that we still have that, that connection with him through uh, Christ in our life, through his Holy Spirit's uh, indwelling presence, uh, that we truly can live life connected to him. And, and, and it's important um, that, that we make those connections in our groups, that we Absolutely. remind people uh, of, of, of what Jesus has done and with the coming of, of the Holy Spirit. So that's a good job, Lynn. So uh, I may get in a little theological uh, trouble here, but Andrew, you said you like you're jealous of, of Abram because of that close walk he had with God, that God would speak to him. Yet I wonder what, how would Abram feel about us because sure. we have the ongoing presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, That's right. and That's we right. just have to um, we have to learn just to stay in in in, in step with the Spirit to to uh, as Paul said to pray continually to be constantly dependent upon him, the vine, the, 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 the branches clinging to the vine. Um, that's where I, that's where my failure tends to come in is God's there. I don't take advantage of really leaning on him. I'm going to move us on. Uh, let's, we're going to continue in Genesis 17. And what I want us to see here is the covenant that God has established with Abram. But as we look at this covenant, I want to read this covenant verses four through nine. 
But I want us to see that as God has established a covenant with Abram, he seeks to establish a covenant relationship with us as well. Let me share this. This begins in verse four. As for me, this is God speaking. Here is my covenant with you. You will become the father of many nations. Your name will no longer be Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I will make you a father of many nations. And I will make you extremely fruitful and will make nations and kings come from you. I will confirm my covenant that is between me and you and your future offspring throughout their generations. It is a permanent covenant to be your God and the God of your offspring after you. And to you and your future offspring, I will give the land where you're residing, all the land of Canaan as a permanent possession, and I will be their God. God also said to Abram, as for you, you and your offspring after you throughout their generations are to keep my covenant. Covenant is language that we don't use a lot. So that may be something that we need to have conversations about um, in our groups to give some explanation as to um, what the covenant is that God made with uh, Abraham, but then also what what it means for us to be in a, an ongoing covenant relationship where the expectation is that we will keep his, his covenant. Yeah, we certainly do talk about the new covenant we have through Christ, um, that, that, that because of Christ meeting the demands of the law, uh, dying on the cross for us, forgiving our sins. Uh, we have a, a covenant relationship through Christ, uh, which is just is phenomenal. Uh, the writer makes a reference here. Uh, the promise of, uh, first given to Abram extends to all who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And this is Galatians 3.29, where it says, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. So Paul in Galatians 3 wants us to see that this covenant that I just read from Genesis 17, in essence, that applies to us as well because of Christ. Yeah, I think that's the, the, that's the distinction. So originally it was for the Jewish people, but then because of Christ. So the, the descendants of Abraham are the Jews. And so then because of Jesus, it is extended to all of us. Which, according to what we've looked at as we've looked at, at these passages in Genesis, was God's intention even then. Uh, That's right. We don't, That's we right. don't uh, I don't know that they got that uh, uh, until uh, Jesus comes and Paul gives that explanation, but uh, it's, it's really a phenomenal thing. Um, I, I, you mentioned New Covenant, Lynn. I, I thought of the Jeremiah passage where God says, you know, I made this covenant with you and th- my, my covenant this is the prophets that uh, my covenant that you broke. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to make you a new covenant. We'll start over again. And I'm grateful that he has done that for us. And that's a great way to tie in this, uh, tie up this whole study, this session, because remember the, what we're talking about is Abraham failed. Abram failed, yet God redeemed it here. Abraham had failed, yet God comes back and still establishes that covenant with him. And that applies to us that we need to trust God. He will redeem our failures. He will stay, you know, we, we fail. He, he, uh, he, he steps in and rescues. And that to me is an incredible picture of God's grace to us. I think there's a lot of opportunities for uh, folks in our groups to identify with uh, the characters and the story this week. And again, that, that whole idea of taking matters into our own hands uh, is something that we we tend to do 
And uh, it does lead to a lot of difficulties and heartache sometimes, a lot of going down paths that aren't necessary. And um, so I, I just really feel like that we're going to have some healthy conversations as we talk about doing it our way, taking matters into our own hands um, um, and, and talking about failures. I, I think that it's healthy for us as leaders to, to talk about things that we've struggled with and failures in our lives. And um, uh, so as you're listening to this first, thanks for listening. Guys, thank you all for being a part of this. Sure. Um, but uh, as a leader, uh, if you're a leader of a group or if you're a participant in a group, uh, uh, be vulnerable. Open yourself up to talk about some of the things that you have struggled with, some of the failures in your life and things that God has taught you because of that. And uh, I think that's what we have an opportunity to do in this lesson. So uh, we're going to take a minute for uh, to talk about some other things that we provide because of Andrew's work with us in Bible Studies for Life. And I think then, uh, Andrew, you have a, um, a a kind of a platform or a springboard into how uh, uh, talking about failures can, can be very healthy for us, can be a healthy thing for us to do. So we developed six different eBooks and they are, uh, you know, 20 pages long. They're not super in-depth, but they are deeper than an average blog post. So we True. we knew we knew that we wanted uh, a how-to series, like how to build community, how to pray, how to repent. Um, and so we split them up across the team. Uh, Chandler Vernoy wrote some, uh, Olivia Thames wrote some, I got to write some, um, and it was just a really fun opportunity to uh, dive into this topic, and they're all for free, and you can get them right now on BibleStudiesForLife.com slash how to grow deeper library, and there are hyphens between each of those words, but my guess is, Len and Chris, you can you can link those to this to this podcast it was they're really good uh i am pleased with what we have developed and um they've been impactful um honestly the the how to pray through journaling has been uh, one of our biggest downloads so if you want to start there uh how to repent uh was one that i knew i needed to write um, and i was scared to death to write it because i know not only is repentance uh the start of a Christian faith, but it is an ongoing repentance that happens. Um, and so how can you, how can you live a life of repentance? If you're good at failure and you've had a lot of chances, that's to right. Fail, you should be good at it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Failure, failure leads to grace, right? And so grace, <laughs> grace and repentance. Um, but if you enjoy topics like this, I want to also point you to another podcast called Discipleology. It's a podcast that I get to host. And so uh, Mary Wiley and Chris Surratt and I get to bat around topics like this, and we bring on guests um, that, that have expertise in different areas. But Discipleology.com, um, there you can find all of our previous episodes. And guys, we video them. And so you can actually see them on YouTube or on Facebook now. Um, so that's a fun, fun little tidbit. Uh, I do have a teaching tip that I want to pass along to some of your uh, listeners. Uh, for me, whenever I think about failure, the first quote that comes to mind is Thomas Edison's when he uh, invented the light bulb. It 
wasn't that he invented the light bulb, but he had found 10,000 ways that it didn't work, you know? And so uh, I think that is a brilliant way to look at both failures and successes. And so my teaching tip for you is one, just be vulnerable. Like we've already talked about show, bring a piece of woodworking, Lynn, I, I need you to haul in that nine foot desk and show <laughs> yeah. it off and, and show off those failures. Uh, but another fun idea would be to simply uh, Google famous quotes there are loads of them out there on failure and then let's just play a game like who do you think said this and what do you think bill gates did here or michael jordan said here or oprah winfrey said here and so then how can you then see that all of the great people that we know have failed and failure is a great great thing failure is always the option right and so how can we lean into failure and then let's spin that and say let now let's talk about let's talk about jesus let's talk about abram um and and let's see how the bible handles handles failure so that that would be how i would start off the lessons andrew thanks for for sharing with us and it's always good to have you on our podcast we appreciate you being here Thank you so much. It was a great deal of fun. Great. Lynn, thank you. And uh, well, thank you who are listening to our podcast. This is just a, a great joy for us to sit down together and uh, share and talk. And hopefully it's beneficial to you and uh, to your group. And uh, look forward to you joining us next week. 